do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. You're listening to Byron and Alicia, the Weird Mountain Gals. So, here we go. I think this time... Craig? Yeah? Uh, never mind. Already forgotten. Alright, ladies, let's go. We taught, when I was teaching aromatherapy, which is what we called it, I would teach them about medicating on the bottom of your feet. Mm-hmm. And poultices would always go on the bottom of your feet. Yeah, and I can remember when I was sick, when I was little, you got Vicks Vapor Rub, and it was all over your chest, and it mm-hmm. was on the bottom of your feet, and then they put socks on to kind of hold in mm-hmm. the, the good old Vicks Aroma onto your feet, and it always seemed to help. And that's it did help. And Vicks is eucalyptus oil. I'm telling you, camphor and eucalyptus, you can't beat them nope. for just about everything. For opening up your lungs? Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and for all kinds of things, mm-hmm. I recommend uh, all kinds of camphor and eucalyptus products, over-the-counter products, that just do remarkable stuff. Remarkable. Well, and I recommend dosing by the bottom of your feet mm-hmm. with a poultice. Yeah. A poultice and... Or a salve. Or a salve. Like that. yeah, anything that'll sick. hold it on there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got that, you know, in between your skin and the outside world. And did you, do you have anybody when you were growing up that said when you had a sore throat, you had to put a dirty sock around your throat? I heard it, but there's no <laughs> way that I'm putting a dirty sock oh, around no, my... I can remember being, having, you know, like a bad cold, and there'd be the dirty sock around your neck, but the Vicks underneath. So you had Vicks on your throat, dirty sock... Vicks on your chest, Vicks on the bottom of your feet with some big old thick socks on. Then they put you under the covers to kind of stay all oy. out. Woo! And you know your sinuses were open oh, when you, you could smell it. the nasty sock around you. Oh, that's disgusting. That was great. And if we'd had Mexican restaurants back then, <laughs> I would have said as soon as you could smell the Vicks, you should get get yourself in the shower, take a nice hot shower, and go have something with jalapenos in it. With jalapenos. Get it all kind of opened up. That's why we had spicy chow chow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around Robbinsville, the spicy chow chow, chow you chow. get to. And That's there right. were so many home remedies for colds, and they've since been found to have elements of... Science, you know, science backed validity. I can think of several things right now. Well, we used to do this, uh, and st- I still do it, and I write about it and I teach about it, which was uh, our sovereign cold remedy. And that was you got the stinkiest onion you could find, and you slow cooked it in a big old cast iron pan until it was invisible. Then you, then you sliced up an arsh tater. A white potato for y'all that don't know what an arsh tater is. You slice that up and you put it in there and you let that cook till it's just almost tender. You still want it a little bit toothy. Then you, you know, throw in some hot pepper, 
I mean, like ground black pepper and hot peppers if you got them. We never did that. And then throw an egg in to bind it all together. Whoo! That opens up your sinuses. It gives does something to you. Boy, it's a good cold remedy. And how did it taste? Delicious! And you could smell it cooking with the onions and potatoes. Oh, my goodness. I, I think I'll have some now, even though I'm not sick. <laughs> Talking about that kind of food for some reason, and I don't know why, it's uh, reminding me of linoleum floors. Huh. Linoleum. They don't uh, have linoleum anymore. No, but, now it's a different kind of, I mean, it acts like linoleum, but it's not true right. linoleum. Linoleum was a big deal. Though. And it was hard wearing. I guess it was. Yeah, you got good, well, even not good linoleum, it, it would stay on for a long time. And, you know, in some of these kitchens, you would, there'd be layer after layer of linoleum. Uh, they wouldn't take down the previous one. They'd just go, oh, this is a pretty color. We're going to put this in the kitchen Right. Now. And it'd just go right on top of whatever and they'd was there put before. And they right over their beautiful tongue and groove wood floors. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, they didn't call them tongue and groove wood floors no, back that, then. Because they're just plain wood floors, and we can't afford carpet. Right, uh -huh. we can't afford the nice stuff. So we'll put the, and besides, linoleum is, was so cheerful looking, and it was pretty inexpensive. So you could change how that kitchen or that wherever you're putting it looked. looked. Pretty pretty cheap. And you could get a roll of it at places like, you know, uh, Sky City and Roses and stuff. Sky City and Roses. Yeah. And there would always be somebody in town who was the carpet man or whatever, and he would sell it to. Yeah. Or the hardware store, whatever. Yeah, you get, oh, always you could get it at the hardware store. Yeah. Both of my grannies had linoleum floors in their kitchens. Yeah. Well, it cleans up easy, easy, easy. Yep. Well, I've got here, let me tell you, I'm getting ready for the holiday season. I had had a little old bag of green pawpaws in the back of my refrigerator, and I am cleaning my refrigerator out. Hallelujah, <laughs> say all the neighbors. So I'm cleaning it out, and I pulled out that little nasty bag of pawpaws that were well past their prime, and I thought, well, I'll just, I'm going to throw that in the in the compost bin. And I thought, no, dang it. I wanted them seeds, and I'm going to get them seeds. So this morning before you got here, I got them pawpaws out, and I got them seeds out, and they are so pretty, shiny, dark brown. I wish my hair was the color of the pawpaw seed. I wonder if you could grind them up and use them anyway. Well, I've, like I've seen people use them for uh, jewelry. Mm. And I think I'm going to use them for magic. I got to thinking the other day about what pawpaws mm. do and what they have. And, you know, that's how I always approach magic. I see something that appeals to me. Like these just, the, they look beautiful. They just appeal to me. So we could, you know, we could make more pawpaw trees. We'd put them in some dirt, grow some pawpaw trees. But pawpaw is a great big tree. You it don't is. need a lot of land to put how many, what is that? 25 seeds, 25, 25 seed. pawpaws. <laughs> I could give pawpaws away, but I think, I think I'm going to get one of those little tiny drills and make some holes in them once they've dried out a little bit and make some jewelry out of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to figure out magically. So figuring out what a pawpaw does tells you how to use it magically. Well, I have an idea about that. Well. You know how magic is relational. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it so, is. so this is a symbol. Well, think about what it's called. It's a pawpaw tree. Yeah. That's like a papaw tree. Yeah. Pawpaw, papaw. Yeah. That's a yeah. grandpa thing. Mm -hmm. 
So that's also maybe an elder magic. For yeah. those of you who may not know, pawpaw is a revered term for grandfather yep. in some areas of Appalachia and the mountains specifically. Pawpaw and, and papaw. Papaw, yep. pawpaw, and, we, and peepaw was peepaw. later on yep. in the 70s, yep. I think. But uh, we had... A papaw on this side of the family and a pawpaw on this side of the family and a mamaw on this side of the family and a mama on that side of the family. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I didn't have, I only had one grandfather and he was my, technically my step-grandfather, but he was the only one I ever had and I loved him, of course. Now, we called him Gaga. Gaga. <laughs> that would have been, he would have been <laughs> Gaga. Um, <clears throat> I guess it would have been Gaga. Well, he would have been Peepaw for us. Yeah. That would have been like yeah. married into the family. Yeah. Peepaw. Yeah. You know, I guess. Anyway. I but so back to the subject when the pawpaw tree, to me, that just instantly is something to do with grandpa well and i love the idea of it being elder magic because of course at this point in my life all the magic i do is elder right. magic <laughs> but yeah i'll think about that and think how i would use them i was just thinking about how what a strong and sturdy tree it is mm -hmm. and it produces these bizarre little fruits and people say oh it's an appalachian banana well it doesn't taste like a banana nah. it tastes like a mango and I guess that's just too hard for us to wrap our heads around. Mangoes? But it also t it also tastes like exactly what it is. It, t it tastes like a like a, a pawpaw. pawpaw, and they are they are rich and delicious. But they're loaded with seed. They so are. What does that say to us too? That as you're doing magic and you're using a fruit that is loaded with seed, that's that's big magic. That is big magic, and of course you've got them laid out here. Neither one of us can keep our hands on them. I know we're just playing, we're just kind of moving it. them around. I tell you what, I'll make a picture of it. and I'll put it on our Facebook page. Do that, please. So that we uh, so we'll have that, and people can see what we're talking about. It'd be interesting to me to find out what other folks might do with it. Let me describe these. If you hear this podcast before you see the photo, pawpaw seeds kind of look like coffee beans that have been roasted mm -hmm. except they're big mm -hmm. they might you might also say they look like really flat black olives mm -hmm. or they're that color aren't they yeah or they might look like beetles big yeah, beetles big beetles or uh dare i say cockroaches yeah that's but disgusting. not those brown ones but the real dark dark black yeah, ones that we yeah. call water bugs yeah water bugs yeah, thank you those kind yeah but when i, I had bought, one that was in the bathtub the other day did you mm -hmm. i said lordy child uh -oh. where'd you come from as no we came from the nether regions yeah i did just... uh it's don't ask don't tell policy with me <laughs> with them things so when i walked in and i first saw these the first thing I thought was, what kind of coffee beans are those? Because I smell huh. coffee in your house. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I'm having a and, cup of coffee. And I thought, well, look at that purist finding some coffee beans <laughs> and roasting her own beans. And <laughs> Oh, Lord, no. You know, I've got friends that are such coffee aficionados. I'm not going to say snobs, though that's what they are. And, I, you know, I don't care what kind of coffee it is. I'll drink Folgers or Sanka or whatever and throw some almond milk in it if I got it and I don't even care. Now I'm a snob about tea, but I'm not a snob about coffee. Yes, you are a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty snobby about it. I have a new favorite tea and I know you noticed when you went in Tuesday. Well, maybe not though because we haven't worked together that much, but I love that divination tea. 
Oh, I do too. It's got mugwort in it. I love me some mugwort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's a good taste. So when we're fixing the tea on Tuesday, I always do that. And I figure, well, you're going to be there. You're going to be reading anyway. So it's highly appropriate, wouldn't you say? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. tea. I noticed my mugwort's still green down along the base. I've got to get out in the garden at some point and do some pruning and picking. But I guess it survives maybe one or two frosts. Maybe, Maybe. and and we've had cold weather yet, but we haven't had a lot of frost, I don't think. I don't know. I've not been in town. I'm finally back in town (laughs) after all this time. I'm just busy. I'm watching the bear situation. Oh, golly, that bear. Bless its heart. You know, I'm so, I'm of two minds about all to do with bears because I love them. But they can't be, you know, tearing things up and... And they're, you know, big old bear, because you say this bear's big. Well, the bear that I saw really close to the cottage was big. Yeah. The little house was one of the biggest bears, if not the biggest bear I've ever seen out. Yeah. And to see it in a neighborhood as opposed to out in the way far out in the woods. That's right, up in the Great Smokies somewhere. Urban bears have become a problem around here. They have, and we've, we've got bears here in the city. Um, in fact, uh, my husband came in one day and he said, there's some kind of weird poop in the back. And I said, uh, okay, what does it look like? And he said, well, I don't know. It looks weird. So I went out there and looked at it and I went, whoa, cause it's bear scat. Uh-huh. And then one of our neighbors said they saw a bear come up our back bank and then walk up their driveway. Interesting. Yeah. So there's <laughs> bears all around us. Well, we've been dealing with bears forever around here as far as I know. I remember the drive from Asheville to Robbinsville used to be about two hours, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer than that, because most of it was on two-lane road, 1923. Uh-huh. We didn't have that nice interstate that they have now, and we'd have to go through all the little towns. And I'm sorry to say, I remember this clearly. There was a place right by the river and all they, uh, they, they were a drive-in by the river. I know the name. I may not say the name, though. Uh-huh. And we would go there for the burger that had slaw on it. Yes. That my course. daddy liked. The best burger in the world has slaw and a little bit of chili, but not beans. No beans. Not no, beans. that's not a burger anymore. Uh-huh. And anyway. We'd go there, and they would always have bears in cages yeah. and yeah. peacocks in cages. Yeah, it's awful. And signs about it. Yeah. And I remember driving to go get apples out around Brevard and seeing the man who would be beside the road, and he'd have chickens in a cage. And you'd pay him a certain amount of money, and he'd put those chickens on this kind of, I guess it was a hot plate. And he'd play music, and the chickens would lift up their legs, and he would. Oh everybody would laugh gosh. as if they were dancing. I thought it was awful. How awful. That's awful. And... We would also see a lot of bears by the road getting into trash cans and mm-hmm. stuff. So we'd go from Asheville to Robbinsville and count the bears. Uh-huh. Now, those bears have moved into Asheville. <laughs> and Asheville well, is now home. has. You know, it's not just the bears. It's people from New Jersey and Florida. Anyway. Anyway. No, this is seen... not the place for you, as <laughs> Gomez would say. <laughs> Bears bears are important to us culturally. They certainly are important to the Native people. And our Native people here are primarily Cherokee people. Right. Very important to them. But when I was growing up, 
my fa one of my favorite re uh, relatives on my daddy's side was my uncle Horace, and he was a bear hunter. I don't know what the heck else Uncle Horace did, but he was a bear hunter, and I just thought that was the most amazing thing. And he gave me a bear pelt when I was about three oh years goodness. old. It, well, he hadn't done anything to it except skin it off the dang bear. Oh. And I just loved it. I would lay on it and rub it. Oh, look, Uncle Horse brought me a bear. Oh, it's so wonderful. <laughs> and then my mama saw the maggots about along the edge of this pelt, and they hauled me out somewhere in the yard and, and hauled that pelt off and burned it wow. somewhere. Wow. But, oh, I just remember that about him. And I bet he had some sort of real job, but his thing was bear hunting. He had a big old bear dog and all that stuff. They oh. used to hunt boar and bear. Back around Robbinsville. Well, and it's because uh, those boar need to be hunted they're out. Huge. They're, they're not huge. native at all. No, they're Romanian feral pig. Yeah. Is what they are. Yeah, and they, they are huge. The, the and dangerous. The bear. The, excuse me. The boar were introduced to this area from Romania, I think. I think so. And they were just brought in so that people could hunt them mm -hmm. for sport. And they got out and became a real menace. I worked, my very first job was at a little diner <laughs> on Main Street there in Robbinsville called Phillips Cafe. Uh -oh. And it was associated with hunters and fishers. Mm -hmm. And I would be in that little little diner after everybody had gone. Lunch was over by one, you know, yeah. at the latest. And then I'd have an hour or well, so. Well, because that was up. their dinner. Right. They came for the dinner hour. Right. It's yeah. breakfast, dinner, and supper. And <laughs> supper didn't get started until four o'clock or so. Right. So I'd have an hour and a half or to get cleaned up and ready for the next shift. And I would look around the restaurant there, and there were pictures of all these people with their dead boar. Mm -hmm. You know, and the team, I guess teams of people who would go out and hunt them and, you know, stuffed fish everywhere and stuffed trophy animals everywhere. Yeah. And the day finally came where I said, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I in this room? I mean, it really bugged me. I mean, I was like 16 or something. Yeah. But, you know, it was a way of life. And people were more likely to eat that. Oh, as, yeah. Eat those animals as food. No, we, I I grew up in hunting culture. You did too. Yeah. That people hunted, they hunted deer and they ate deer. And I mean, still people people still do that. We we're talking right. about that something a long time ago. But right. people still do that. But the boar, I tell you, now that's sport because they're hard to find and they're hard to kill. They're they're mean and they're mean. It was interesting they're, they're to as me. Mean as any redneck oh, yeah. out of West Buncombe County. They're about <laughs> the only animal that I would be. Uh, nervous about when I'd be in the woods. Oh, yeah. And I, we were taught that you needed to carry a pistol huh. in the woods because a boar can't see very well, but it would hear you and it would just kind of blindly charge. Right. Well, you don't have enough time to get out a rifle and, and aim a long ways away and kill it. So you get up. Because they're fast. Right. They're fast. They're coming after you. So if you can't get up a tree, all you can do is with a pistol. And I actually was taught that. Huh. Well, you know, I grew up speaking of rednecks from West Buncombe, which is what I am. Uh, we didn't have feral hog problems out there when I was a kid. 
So I never was taught that. That's interesting. They were everywhere, and they were a menace to the farmers. They would tear oh, yeah. up the, tear up their fencing. Yep, they're very powerful, and they were scary too. It's and they not, got big, thick skin. Yep. So uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. Right, tough. and they'd come around the farms because they wanted to mate. Yeah. And that was All the real problem. All those pretty little pigs. Yep. Look at that pretty little girl pig. I think I'd like to have a date with her. A nice pampered pig. Oh, she's so pretty and soft yeah, looking. Yeah. I think that'll be my new girlfriend. Yep. And I understand now <laughs> that they have mutated. And oh, that they've, yeah. of course, they've expanded their area. But I understand that they've mutated a, a whole new breed that is just dumb and aggressive. And it's more long. Humans round. have done that too, haven't we? Well, yeah. Mutated. So I guess <laughs> it's, it's just, just natural. It? We're just following the natural curve oh, of things, right. aren't we? It's just the natural order. That's how we do. Yep. So I can't believe we were talking about this weird subject, but I know. And we, we were too, we've rambled. We have. We've gone we've from linoleum to, to bears to pigs. We haven't talked about oh, death yet, have we? We death, usually do. Death of pigs. <laughs> well, we talked about hunting. <laughs> death some, of pigs. Somebody's going to die when they're hunting one way or the other, I think. Boar meat was the first, well, the first time I ever had boar meat was coming off of a wagon train. Oh, So there's a wagon oh, nice. train that commemorated the Trail of Tears. Uh -huh. And you could join up, ride for a week or three weeks or the whole distance and huh. stuff. And so I would rode the Trail of Tears, and they camped, and they made barbecue. And no joking, a big old cast iron uh, like cauldron. Like a cauldron, yeah. Yes, from, <laughs> from boar meat. It was, and I, I was, it was told it was the best barbecue I've ever put in my mouth. Yeah. And yeah. I was told that that was really all that boar meat was good for because it was tough and stringy and gamey. Yeah. Yeah. Again, with the disgusting subject, I'm but sorry. I love—I don't know how we got started on this. Um, yeah, there's a lot of of gamey sort of meats that, you know, if you can just disguise the gaminess of them, they're really good. Bear is the same way. Bear is definitely uh, the same way. It's very, very gamey. We made uh, when we cooked with bear, we would always cut up potatoes and carrots uh -huh. and turn it into one of those stews. Oh yeah, that's and, the way I've had And it. it had to be slow cooked for yeah. the same reason. For so we a would, long, long time. Yep. Yep. But now, um, I've also had bear meat and um, venison where for 24 hours you soak them in buttermilk. Oh, wow. And it bleeds off some of the extra blood and stuff like that, which is lovely. You've got this big old bowl of meat, pink meat in your refrigerator. <laughs> but um, but it, it tames down that, um, that wild taste a little bit. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.